Snooker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Husband. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our Constitution in the public or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you doing, sir? Doing well, for the most part. Yeah, a little uh, my, a little, little slow this morning, I think. I uh, had you, poker night last night and, uh, you know, didn't get a whole lot of sleep, but uh, I, I'll, I'll tough through it. You think you, you think you can manage through it? I think I can. I can, I can fight through this, yeah. Yeah, except with that creepy fucking mannequin right, by, right in my line of sight, right behind you, right over your shoulder. <laughs> That's that, gonna be bothering that, you. That, huh? It's just horrible. Is that bothering you? <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's it's uh, it's unsettling to say the least. It's a Halloween thing. Yeah, well, yeah, I get that, but it's like a a uh, child size statue. Uh, in a yellow rain slicker holding a red balloon and you look at the face and it's a zombie face yeah it's like it just it it's it's all happy until you see the face and it's like oh it's multiple levels of yeah it's, of it's creeping just, out huh? yeah it's it's uh, too much going on there yeah i got you i yeah. can understand that though but today is also moving day this is the last time we'll be in this studio and we're going to go to the new studio uh perhaps 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 but we're, we're going to do it so. weather permitting well, we can do it because we don't necessarily. No, need I'm the telling desk. you that if it's raining, we're not doing it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm telling you we're going to do it. <laughs> no, I'm telling you we're not. Unless we have to vacate here today, do we? Uh, well, I would like to get it done today, though. Oh, so you would like to? All right, so uh, we're we're back to weather permitting. Uh, no, we're doing it. Today. Yeah, no, I'm veed. I'm I'm not going to move the equipment in the rain. Well, here's the thing: it won't be raining by that time. Okay. Well, if it's not raining, then we'll move. Well, there you go. Yeah. And as long as you tr- stop trying to hug me. I know how much you don't like that. Well, now it's getting to the point where it's a little rapey. It's a little rapey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get a little on the rapey side. It's uh, starting to. <laughs> that's freaking me out too. So, I'm I'm in a rather agitated state right now. You know what? I yeah. like you in an agitated state. Between uh, and, I like you know, to get you there. Rapey Alex and zombie child with balloon. <laughs> I'm just not and a slight hangover. I'm I'm just not in the right frame of mind right well, now. <laughs> did you, you play? You, what were you hang hung over for? Uh, it was poker night last night at my house. Oh yeah, how'd so, that go? Uh, I lost about fifty bucks last night. Oh. It was not a good night for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I know. Well, what are you gonna? Were do? you just playing bad hands or got no cards? Just horrible cards. Horrible cards. We just huh? couldn't make them work. And, and you know, uh, even, you know, the ones I tried to bluff through, I, uh, you know, was just playing into huge hands. So I had no prayer. So that does suck when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. When you just got just, nothing that you, you can just, work with. Nothing, nothing to work with. Yeah. It was one of those. No, uh, those kind of like uh, when I do the show, uh, you know, every week I've got nothing to work with, you know. <laughs> oh, that one hurt a little bit. Did it? That did, did it? Hurt good. A little That's bit, payback though. for uh, saying you, you carry me on the way in. Oh, well, I mean, I do carry you. Uh, Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. I'm just saying, though. Yeah. All right, so let's get into this thing, though, because you wrote something up in the the personal section of the show notes that it's not a virus, it's a firmware update. Yeah, you know what? And uh, in retrospect, I'm going to save that for the second hour. So uh, we'll just make that a tease. And if you'd like to hear what I'm talking about there, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, sign up, become a patron, and... uh, uh, you can hear the second hour of content, including uh, my thoughts on that particular issue. So, All right. But for the first hour, though, it looks like the ride through Pasco. That we can talk about. As as always, riding into the studio is uh, through Pasco County is just a, a wildly interesting experience. Now, I uh, actually had three th- interesting things happen in the 30-minute drive here. Uh, the first was just a glorious thing. But, of course, this was in, the, the cool thing was in Pinellas. And uh, an Osprey carrying a big ass mullet was flying just above rooftop levels of the cars on us 19 in line with traffic it, it, just a beautiful thing yeah but then i get to pasco so what do i see in pasco well i see of course a uh, panhandler in a wheelchair holding a sign you know if we, I, I couldn't see the sign because he had his back to me but presumably will work for food or something to that effect god bless you yeah. know <laughs> um 
But here's the thing, because he was holding the sign up in both hands, uh, he had no way to propel his wheelchair other than using his feet. <laughs> so he's, he's panhandling uh, in like the median. Uh, holding a sign and using his feet as he's sitting in a wheelchair to like roll up to the cars. <laughs> and I'm, I, I, I might be, uh, you know, going out on a limb here, but I'm going to guess he doesn't actually need the wheelchair. You know, I think that that probably is a safe guess. Yeah. That he doesn't need the wheelchair. I'm, I'm thinking so. And then the next thing I saw just a, a mile or so up the road uh, was a guy stopped in the turn lane on US 19 and his gas cap was open. So he gets out of the car to close his gas cap and locks himself out of the car. <laughs> no shit. I see him go to the driver's side door and try the handle. And he runs around, tries the other handle. And he's like, runs back, tries the first handle again. Yeah, just uh, so that so that, that guy is going to have a pretty bad day, I'm thinking. <laughs> well, yeah, too, because like it's here's the thing, too. It's raining outside. It's so, raining. So you can't engine just is running. Break, you can't just break the damn window. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess you can just break the window, but yeah, but that's how, how costly is that? I mean, you know, that's a pretty big expense if you have to break your own window. Yeah, but your, your car's sitting in the middle. Hold <laughs> on, was he on 19? Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> in the turn lane, left turn lane. Oh. <laughs> So, so hold on, the that other, dude's not having a good day. No, he's not. The other week, though, I was driving one of the. I was driving a vehicle, and this vehicle just so happens that when it is raining, it stops working. And <laughs> really, yeah, like so. When it rains, the car doesn't run. Well, it, it just stops working eventually. Like it yeah. just stops working. So okay. I'm driving back up from Clearwater, and I'm on 19. Right. Right near where alternate 19 and 19 come together. Oh, is is that coming back from my house? Uh, no, no, it wasn't that day. Okay. It wasn't that day. Uh, but that was the vehicle though. Right. But so I was heading up there. I was in the far right lane, but right there in that section, that far right lane that did floods, right? It, especially as much rain was going on at the time that it floods and the thing just stopped working. Yeah. And look, I have some fears in this world. And one of the fears that I have in this world is being on a major road and being rear-ended because I was stopped on a major road. Right. And this vehicle that I'm in has actually been hit in this exact circumstance due to the same problem. Right. So I was nervous, but there is absolutely nothing I can do at this point because it's a, you know, that, that vehicle's a tank for all intents and purposes. Right. And, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, this is going to so suck. So I keep looking in the rearview mirror. I keep trying to start it. It ain't starting. The rain let up a little bit. So I, I, I turned it. I put, you know, I mashed on the gas. Right. And it fucking started. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. But it was like 10 or 15 minutes and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh God, this is I'm like, I was so scared at the same time, but I'm like, okay, okay. You get through this. You get through this. It'll start. It'll start. And when it starts up, I'm like, thank God. And as soon as that happened, I literally went off mile stretch and took back roads all the way up as far as Yeah, just go. in case. Just yeah. in case. Just <laughs> in case. So, like, it took me an extra half hour of driving just because I didn't want to take 19 until I had. I mean, I eventually have to take 19 just to get there, but I didn't have to right away. Yeah. But, man, oh. Yeah, I think uh, you need to start investing in better cars. Yeah, uh, and I know that one's not yours, but still, you know, I, you know what? I, I've already taken that advice. We have another car now, so it's uh, which you ordered from Carvana. You've uh, ordered a couple that way now. I have done recently. I have done all the selling of the cars and the buying of cars online. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I like it. I, I could never do that. You will eventually. No, no, I won't. I, I, I'm not going to purchase a vehicle that I haven't you know, inspected myself and driven and yeah, that just makes no sense to me. Mm. You have no idea what you're getting. Oh, I understand. I understand you know? the point that you're making. I mean, there, there's a certain level of, uh, you know, you got the car facts and you can see if it was an accident or maintained, but still you want to know how the, the vehicle rides. You want to, you want to get in it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get the Zen of it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the Zen. I like yeah. That. No, I like what seriously. You're yeah, oh, it's, no, it's, no, it's, no, of course you're serious. <laughs> I actually am being. Oh, very, no, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> I don't believe you. You don't believe me? That you're serious, no. Oh, I, I am 100% you know serious. You how many times it's like Lucy and the damn football with you, man? No, I, in this case, I'm being very Ooh, serious. I don't know. I think that I there think is, you're reeling me into something. No, I'm not. I'm telling you, there is a, a, a true symbiotic bond in a lot of cases with a vehicle. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, look, look at that Chrysler 300 I have. 
had, you know, drove that thing for 250,000 miles. I, I mean, it's like we knew each other like lovers, you know what I'm like saying? Like lovers. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was that kind of level. You know, she was a damn fine black lady. Yeah. So, but anyway, once you go black, you never go back. Actually, actually, that's not true because you went white. After I know. That. Now, yeah. Now I'm uh, now redneck. Actually, now I'm dating a white guy because that truck can't be a female. <laughs> there's 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 no way you know for for like a car you can kind of feminize the car you know so my 300 was like a, a feminine vehicle but there's there's nothing feminine about that truck so wow yeah All right, so, then. so I, I i not only uh you know uh uh switch colors i uh, uh you know uh, started playing for the other team i'm guessing <laughs> started playing for the other team you know, i don't know but no but seriously it's it's i i do feel like on some level there's there's a connection between man and machine you know why are you so against ai then <laughs> you would think yeah go figure yeah well I, I i i like it in the analog world and i know that uh you know that my vehicle is only a semi-sentient being <laughs> I got you. I got you. so could be one of the oh what's the name of that movie shit maximum overdrive is that what it was yeah yeah absolutely that was a freaky movie yeah yeah stephen king going to the well too many times on that one huh well that was really old though so. yeah i mean yeah. it was you know I think it was after Christine, though. I think so. But yeah, I, but, he already did the alive car thing once. But I did want to say, though, I did want to make sure I mentioned that we have an event coming up on October 9th. And I'll read the, uh, the thing that's in the Patreon for this one. Yeah. Amazingly, Alex has convinced Adrian to come out in public for a drink. You can even witness this spectacular feat for yourself on Saturday, October 9th, starting at 3 p.m. More than likely, Adrian will sit at a different table and periodically shout obscenities, but at least you can watch. Uh, <laughs> and we are going to be at the Stilt House Brewery, which we have no permission to actually go there to host an event because I'm not going to do that. Um, but we're going to all show up there. I will be commandeering the jukebox if they have one and be playing a bunch of songs. Yeah. I'm sure they got to have they got to have that. I don't man. think they do, dude. I've been in there a couple times. I'm pretty sure they don't have one. Oh, so I, I really yeah. hope they do that. Well, it's kind of small inside. But yeah, they've got a decent well, size that, area. Out it back. makes for the number. Of, it makes sense for the number of people that'll end up probably showing up. Yeah, you and me, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Ray Ray will be there. For oh, sure. okay, all right. So, so Ray Ray's going to be there. Yeah, party of three. Party of three. <laughs> and, uh, and by the way, Dick, I'm not going to sit at a different table and shout obscenities. Okay, <laughs> I may be kind of an asshole. I get that. <laughs> But I'm not like some type of deranged, you know, hermit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just put him in the corner and ignore him. You know, <laughs> I mean, he made me sound like I'm, I'm out of my friggin mind, man. Like I should be in a fucking straight jacket, and, you know, the sanitarium or something. <laughs> oh, and I did the artwork for this one. So you're welcome. That was shocking. That was shocking. I, I, uh, I seriously doubted you had the talent to do anything even remotely like that i mean i figured uh if you for at best stick figures you know, yeah probably well, not even accurately anatomically i will say this was a template that i just kind of redid so. yeah yeah of course yeah a lot of clip art but just the fact that you were able to arrange it in a cohesive manner is uh fairly impressive thank you buddy i appreciate that you know yeah. you're being really nice today that wasn't really a compliment <laughs> oh. oh never mind then. that was very backhanded well that's not very nice no, but at least I'm not in the corner shouting obscenities. Well, that's true, too. That's yeah. true, too. All right. So there is the first story that I wanted to get to, by the way. And we've talked a little bit about this, but I wanted to bring this up because I think this is one of those like very telling, uh, telling things. This is a real hot button issue issue for you for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know why? I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Let's go back to I'm going to go back a little bit of a ways here. And during the. I believe it was the 08 presidential primary. Right. And during that primary, maybe it wasn't the 08 presidential primary. I don't remember which one it was. Yeah, it might have been 08. But what happened was, is that you had Ron Paul go up there and educate people about blowback. And... It was probably one of the most courageous things or courageous stands that anybody took during a presidential primary. And I do think that this that this speech that he gave during that or the, the answer that he gave during that time frame w w launched his rise in, you know, in building the liberty movement, for lack of a better term, when he did this, because he did it without fear and he did it very calmly and he did it in a good way. Do you remember what I'm talking about or no? Yeah, vaguely. Okay. Yeah. 
So at any rate, so you know that we had the bombing in Afghanistan that um, we had some Marines die, which was a horrible incident, tragic incident. The response to that from the Biden White House was a drone bombing who they claimed was a ISIS-K terrorist. Well, now it's actually come out that it wasn't an ISIS-K terrorist. It was a innocent civilian, an interpreter, and his entire fucking family, including like seven kids. Three adults and seven kids were killed in that strike, yeah. And the reason that this was a hot-button issue for me and I wanted to bring it up is is that this is how terrorists are made. Because let me ask you a question. Let's just say you were around your home and all of a sudden from the air, a drone bomb killed you. Now, of course, the person that's dead is not going to be the terrorist because, you know, they're dead at this point. But his family that was maybe maybe not necessarily witnessed to, but that knows about what happened. What do you think that their feeling is towards the United States of America? Well, if it was putting it in the perspective of me, if if I were killed by a uh, um, U.S. drone strike, for example. Yeah. What would my family think? Uh, I'm going to say they probably would say, I'm surprised it took this long. (laughs) You know, he had it coming. (laughs) That's what my family would say. (laughs) Well, okay, let's just say it was somebody that was related to you that got killed, though. What's your feelings going to be towards America at that point? Uh, Pretty much exactly the same as they are now. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now. The other question is, is that justified? Is that a justified is that a justified feeling towards that other country? Yeah. Yeah, without question. Absolutely yeah. justified. Well, this one's a little bit, you know, dicier. First of all, it, it's a tragic loss of life, especially with seven kids being killed. I mean, that's just that's horrible. Um, but it was in response obviously a huge mistake. I mean, the the DOD screwed the pooch on this one. They got the wrong vehicle is what it turns out. So it was a mistake over which vehicle it was. Um, And they're investigating that now. But, you know, who knows what that'll be like. Uh, But it was in response, at least, to a terrorist event. But, you know, a a terrorist attack on U.S. forces. So it's still not going to be any consolation to the family of those who were killed by any means. But it's it's at least, you know, again, I'm not I'm not trying to condone it in any way, shape or excuse it. But um, I I think it's less than uh, a little bit less than if it were just out of the blue. You know what I'm saying? So but still just a horrible situation Well, for them. It was out of the blue. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no. Okay. And look for everything we've done in Afghanistan. I don't think that that, you know, we're going to experience so much blowback from it anyway. Yeah. Well, look, I don't think that you're going to have an immediate type of blowback, but I definitely think you, you created some people that look, I think that our foreign policy and this is uh, just a small example of an overarching right. attitude that our country has in the foreign policy and why it's so ultimately destructive is that we went to Afghanistan. We to take the Taliban out of power. No, that's not why we went. Well, why'd we go? Well, originally we went to get to Osama bin Laden. The mission creeped over time and then it became the Taliban and then it became, well, actually, let's work with the Taliban. Let's make friends with the Taliban. You know, let's see. It just was all over the map. Bottom line is there was no good reason any time after 2011 to be there. Well, yeah, yeah. you can even argue after like 2006, but well, no, I'm I'm saying when we got uh, bin Laden. Because that was the original purpose to go in there. Yeah, and, it was, and yeah. we got him in Pakistan, by the way. It wasn't right. even in Afghanistan. Yeah. But at any rate, I wanted to bring it up because it, later on, like when Ron Paul gave that speech or gave that interview, or not right. interview, but he was in that in the debate and mentioned this, everybody, t- like Giuliani was on stage and everybody took offense at what he said. Right. 
And then he was offered a, a chance to explain or to bat or to, to retract what he said. And not only did he not retract it, he doubled down on it and then actually gave him a like he turned into a professor with an explanation there, but nobody right. wanted to hear it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Right now is the time in which we should point these things out because later on, when somebody tries to just get all nationalistic and be like, Oh no, it can't do that. America never does anything wrong. No. We did. We continue to. This is a fucking problem. We need to stop doing this shit. Well, I think the American sentiment has changed on that quite a bit. And I think that while there's always going to be people that says, you know, America can't do anything wrong. I think a lot more people today uh, realize that, you know, at least for the past decade, there's been no reason for what we are doing. Yeah. You know, um, and I think the vast majority of people are glad we got out of there. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't like the way we did it, obviously, because that was a, just a giant Charlie Foxtrot. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a, I, I think the sentiment has moved more towards, um, you know, the, the Ron Paul position on that. I would like to think so. Yeah. I just, what I noticed is, is that there's certain times in which the coward ass neocons will almost try to hide a little bit and then wait for their opportunity to come out to um, try to justify their foreign policy right. uh, prescriptions, which is totally wrong, totally evil. They're, they, they, you know, they, they're, they're just as guilty for the destruction of this country and the elimination and the, the, the erosion of our civil liberties as the Democrats have ever been. Right. Don't get me wrong. They're just as bad. This isn't to go, again, this goes into the knife, you know, being stabbed vice being shot is that you can't blame just one without blaming the other. And this is the, this goes into the problem with, with people like Obama and Biden is that what they'll do is they'll say, well, we're going to remove the troops out of those areas. What they replace the troops with is the drones. Right. And they drone bomb people, which is much more building or creating more terrorists than just having the troops there. Don't get me wrong, just having the troops there does it too. But drone bombing people in countries that we don't like we're not even supposed to be in some of these countries and when obama was in office he was he took the drone bomb program and just ramped it the fuck up and then when you know when trump got into office he did the same thing and now when biden gets into office he's gonna up it as well and uh, he, he has he hasn't yet hold on i think these 10 fucking civilians might well disagree with you. he hasn't ramped it up i'm saying I mean, you know, there, there's been a couple of strikes here and there. But nah, I, I think there's know. probably been a lot more than that. They're just not reporting on it. That's possible. That's they, couldn't, possible. they couldn't not report on this one. Well, uh, new information uh, released by the FBI uh, this past week uh, proves once again that we actually attacked the wrong country anyway. <laughs> uh, it turns out that uh, the FBI has started to release, uh, to release some of the uh, secret 9-11 uh, files on Saudi involvement. And one of the first releases... Uh, is that uh, at least one member of the Saudi embassy, okay, and if you're in the Saudi embassy, you are a diplomat, you're part of their, you know, uh, whatever the, the comparison to their State Department is or their CIA, you know, you are part of their uh, intelligence and diplomatic corps. Okay. Well, uh, one of them actually uh, provided a great deal of material support, funding, uh, provided them, uh, you know, housing uh, to the 9 11 uh, attackers. Yeah. Uh, you know, so now we have the first evidence of uh, a direct link of Saudi government support for the, the 9 11 terrorists directly. Mm -hmm. And we must have known this at the time. Because we let them leave. When every other plane in the country was grounded, we allowed the Saudis to get out of the country. Yep. And they wanted to get the hell out of there fast. So I'm thinking even though perhaps the entire, you know, um, diplomatic corps wasn't in on it, they had to have known that at some level they were involved. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been boogieing out of there. Yep. You know, the royal family that was in the U.S., they got out of there. Um, so, yeah, now we have... Uh, absolute confirmation that the Saudis did materially assist and directly assist the 9-11 attackers. And we knew that at the time. And instead of attacking Saudi Arabia, uh, we needed to uh, keep the great lie to uh, save the petrodollar. We ended up invading Afghanistan and eventually Iraq, you know, which Iraq, you know, you can say Afghanistan tangentially because Osama bin Laden was there at the time. Uh -huh. Okay. Iraq, absolutely zero involvement in 9-11 zero had nothing to do with it nothing yeah you know? 
But, uh, you know, and, and uh, Saudi Arabia, we, uh, we acted like they were our best buddy. And they were the ones behind it. And uh, what was it? Uh, 15 of the 19 uh, hijackers uh, were Saudi Arabian nationals. I mean, come on. Yep. You know, and we just uh, the, the U.S. government just completely glossed over that. You know, we essentially got attacked by agents of a foreign government and we pretended like we were best friends with that foreign government. We still do. We still do. Yeah. So, yeah, that uh, that that still just shocks me that today that people are not just going out of their minds about that. Yeah. You know, how, how, how do people just, uh, you know, kind of brush that aside? And, ah, well, you know. Well, especially because, like, if you look at what we just had, which was the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Right. How nationally you saw all of this uh, pomp and circumstance isn't the word, but you saw all of this, you know, memorializing and, you know, saying never forget and all this other stuff. When I see it, though, now I'm like, well, you know, no, it's not never forget. It's never remember. Right. Like never remember that it was actually Saudi Arabia and their nationals that did this, that 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 Iraq had nothing to do with it. Like all the right. things that you're talking about, yeah. like that part wasn't part of the conversation because what they do is that they tap into that emotional right. vein and they use it to their advantage. And they, the government constantly does this without actually informing you as to what the fuck actually happened that day and who the fuck is actually responsible. And they do it, you're right, to save the fucking petrodollar. In this case, yeah, that was absolutely what it was all about. Because the Saudis could actually, the Saudis are in a unique position. They could cripple the U.S. economy, actually cripple the U.S. dollar. Yeah. Uh, by one simple move, and that would be convincing OPEC to trade oil on something other than dollars. Mm-hmm. That would collapse the value of the dollar overnight. And that's why we didn't do it. You know, it, it's as simple as that. Um, so essentially, Saudi Arabia, at least at this point in time, has complete immunity. They could do pretty much anything to us, and we can't touch them. Yeah. You know? And that's the, you know, that's the lie that everybody just uh, you know, looks the other way and accepts. You know? And that's kind of the theme of today's show is, is government lies. Uh, Another, uh, I think that's kind of the theme of every show, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, but but the uh, the other uh, one is the government lie to freak everyone out, <laughs> and that is regarding to climate change. And I saw this article. Um, it's uh, the art. The headline is "Report: Climate Change Could See 200 Million Move by 2050." And uh, I'm just going to give a quick, quick brief on the article here. Uh, climate change could push more than 200 million people to leave their homes in the next three decades and create migration hotspots unless urgent action is taken to reduce global emissions and bridge the development gap, a World Bank report found. And I thought, okay, 200 million migrants by 2050? That doesn't sound like that big a deal, honestly. Yeah. And uh, so I started to, to look up some historical data and actually... Uh, 200 million people migrating to new countries between now and 2050 would actually be a 26% decline over the current trend. <laughs> Here is uh, the data on current global uh, um, migration from the World Economic Forum, which is also a UN body. Uh, and the first line of this article is, there are an estimated 272 million international immigrants, 3.5% of the world population. So apparently climate change is reducing migration if this is to believed. But they they play it in such a way 200 million immigrants uh, by 2050. Yeah, that's, you know, I, that's shocking the number is so low. Yeah. So. Well, not to mention that though, but let me let me just say this though. So the government would agree with you or the government, the people in charge of government would say that climate change is such a problem and that you're going to have flooding at the coasts and things like that. Right. So this is from NPR on September 13th, 2021. The federal government sells flood prone homes to often unsuspecting buyers. NPR finds <laughs> that. So what they're doing is they know these things are going to flood. Right. So what do they do? They sell them to poor people anyway. Right. So instead of if the government owns it at that point, right. that you want to if you want to if you want to be able to uh, mitigate the damage that that climate change is going to have, you would not sell those houses, right? 
or you would you would do something to liquidate no, no, them. No, 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 no. You're not thinking correctly. Obviously, I'm not thinking correctly. Um, FEMA needs to justify its budget. <laughs> and if FEMA doesn't have floods and people displaced by floods, they can't go to Congress and say, we need more money. So it, it, from their perspective, in order to uh, sustain their bureaucracy, they have to ensure that people li live in floodplains. <laughs> they, they do. <laughs> if nobody lived in floodplains, they'd be out of a job. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it, it is just so amazing to me, this, this entire climate change hysteria absolute hysteria that we've been dealing with now for for decades it's it's there's a new study out that says nearly half of young people say worldwide climate change anxiety is affecting their daily life and this is this is not a joke i talk to young people and a lot of them are like you know i don't want to bring kids in this world because you know it's it, the planet's going to burn up <laughs> you know and it's it's unbelievable because year after year decade after decade all these predictions that they make never ever come to fruition like for example when when this really started in 1988 you had a panel of scientists going before congress okay um and they were saying that by the year 2000 that sea levels would rise between five and eight feet yeah okay well the average uh rise in global sea levels has been one inch per decade per decade so in since that happened, sea level has risen roughly three inches, okay, yeah, which is pretty insignificant. I mean, I drive by my childhood home, which is on the water every day, and that high tide line is pretty much the same place it's been since I was 10 years old. Yeah. Okay. Um, and here's the, the thing about it is they were predicting all these radical, and, and they kept upping the game. You know, so it didn't come to pass in 2000. And then you got the next wave of them saying, oh, yeah, but by 2020 or 2010, you know, with Al Gore, um, you know, it just ridiculous claims that never come true, like the, the, te the temperature of the planet. Well, here's the real fact. Since 1979, the average temperature on Earth has increased by 0.7 degrees Fahrenheit, not even 0.7 degrees Celsius. Fahrenheit, which if you consider the accuracy of thermometers <laughs> during this period of time and the, the accuracy of the data collection, that is well within the margin of error. So essentially, temperature hasn't increased. Um, you know, uh, the sea level hasn't risen dramatically at all. Uh, in fact, if you look at it for a longer geological uh, period, 20,000 years ago, sea level was 400 feet lower than it is today. That's why there was a land bridge between Russia and Alaska. You could walk from Russia to Alaska. In fact, uh, you know, to put it in a local perspective, you could walk in a straight line from Tampa to New Orleans 20,000 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Oh, yeah. The, the, the land mass of, uh, you know, North America and specifically the, uh, the southeast was significant twice the size it is today. Because sea level was 400 feet lower. Now, when you take, when you start talking about, and we've been coming out of that ice age this entire time. Now, about 8,000 years ago, it started, the curve started to level out. Yeah. But, you know, for all we know, we still could just be coming out of this ice age. And we're obviously close to the end of it because instead of rising, you know, feet per year, uh, it's rising uh, you know, an inch, inch per, per decade and an inch per decade, yeah. one inch per decade is what it has been since, you know, 19, I think when they started really, uh, since about the 1980 or so. Yeah, but if yeah. you really believe the shit you were shoveling, though, not you, <laughs> I'm saying, but if they really believe the shit they were shoveling, then when something like when something hits New Orleans, like it does, which is below sea level, right. you wouldn't rebuild there. Right. Yeah. Because that would be a bad idea. Yeah, exactly. And it, there's, there's so many. There's so many, and again, look, climate change, climate change is absolutely 100% real. It happens. The climate changes all the time. It's in a constant state of change. If the climate stabilized, I would think something was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if everything was completely stable all the time, we'd probably have an issue. Yeah. There's only one constant in the universe, <laughs> and that is change. Exactly. Um, so, so that part of it is real, but they have so over-dramatized this whole situation 
um, that they're literally freaking out kids into not reproducing. Yeah. You know, that are in some cases suicidal because they think, you know, that the, how dare you? Yeah. You get the You get the right. Greta Thunberg. You exactly. Know. Yeah. And again, that's that's it's another flat out government lie or at least a, a such an over exaggeration intended to terrify people intended to mislead and terrify them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because a fearful person is much easier to control. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, big article out. Big article out. Uh, another article on climate change was Arctic sea ice uh, at lowest level in history. It, no. Oh, Arctic sea ice at record lows. Yeah. Okay. That was the headline. When I read into the article, um, I I found out that actually this year is the 10th lowest uh, level of sea ice on record. So <laughs> they say record low sea ice, but yet it turns out there were nine other years that had less sea ice than this year. And you know how long they've keep, been keeping records? Like 120 years. No, 42 years. Oh, my God. They've had records of this for 42 years. And we are at the 10th lowest sea ice level in the Arctic in those 42 years. And the headline banner Arctic sea ice at record lows. Well, hold on. Let me. Now, they failed to mention that in that time period, Antarctic sea ice is at record highs. <laughs> they completely ignore that. That's not even in the article. But how, how can a headline be so misleading? On purpose. Yeah. I, and I hear it all the time. On the way in, and this is completely unrelated, but on the way in. Oh, because you have NPR on your radio still. I actually don't. Uh, <laughs> I was playing it on my phone, <laughs> believe it or not. That's how hard up I am for radio. I got it plugged in and playing NPR news. No, this was NBC news on the phone. Um, so I'm listening to the news. And the story is, is that Sears is closing their last store in Chicago. Okay. So the very, and the whole story is about the very last Sears in Chicago is closing. Yeah. Okay. Big story. Ran it like on a loop. At the the last sentence of the story is Sears still open has twenty two stores open nationwide. Do they really? <laughs> Wait a second. The entire story was about them closing the last store in Chicago. No. 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 The last store, the last Sears store, and it happened to be in Chicago because that's where they, they found, and that's how they presented the entire story, and then they said they still have 22 open na nationwide. How do you square that? Agenda-driven <laughs> agenda driven media. It's like, it, literally, you contradicted yourself you can't, you within can't the story. Anything I know, and it's like, why would you even... I think this one was just probably sloppy, but I think that editors go so out of their way to have the the banner headline well the clickbait yeah yeah it's like everything in news has become total clickbait like the story record sea ice at record lows no it's not it's it's you know it's not even a record for the past 10 you know 40 years yeah you know it, not even close to it it just you you're just breaking the top 10 yeah and the funny thing is is if you just listen to it or read the story it, it contradicts itself every single time. In the story. In the story. Yeah. Well, I, no, and that, here's the thing, and that's what happens a lot of time, is that most people are only reading the headline, and they're not reading the rest of the story. The people that write these articles know it, and what they do is they write a misleading title on purpose and then tell the truth within the story, where if you right. go into the story, it's like, well, of course. But yeah, but it's it's it, it's totally contradictory. It's I I don't even understand how they can... They can do that. You know, how do they have any integrity whatsoever? They, well, they don't. I guess not. I mean, here's the thing. They really don't at the end of the day. And look, most people don't believe them, but yet they believe <laughs> yeah. them all the time, though. Right. Like they well, don't, but they do. There is a they th believe selectively. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if it if it if it furthers their their um, narrative. Right. Then they'll believe it. And if it doesn't further their narrative, then it's fake news. Right. 
right. or misinformation or disinformation, yeah. or you pick it. The, the lack of integrity on both sides of that story, or, or any story these days, is is just the writer and the reader is is uh, astounding. But speaking of someone else who lacks integrity, oh. <laughs> let's get on to the contagious lie that keeps on giving. Yes. Um, this week, I really like that you're embracing the title thing. By the way, I, I am. I am. You've you've kind of sold me on this. I like this. Yeah, it makes me very happy. You know what? It gets me right in the feels, like yeah. right here, like right, like like there. Yeah, yeah. That's where it gets me. Uh, for for the record, uh, Alex is pointing to his testicles. No, I was not pointing to my testicles. Pointing right to his testicles. No, I wasn't. That's <laughs> that's fake news. Uh, well, no, the the uh, that's the headline. <laughs> I, I I say in the story, he was actually holding his hand over his heart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> breaking news alex points to testicles <laughs> all right so uh the fda uh panel recommends that this is the panel of you know experts scientists things like that has said that yeah maybe we don't need the whole booster thing i guess 65 and older and immune compromised people they can get it but let's not give it to everyone right now yeah which apparently is really pissing off, uh, you know, both the Biden administration and the pharmaceutical companies because yep. they were really banking on everyone getting booster shots. Mm -hmm. They really wanted that to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, the FDA panel, which actually once in a while, this this uh, panel of experts does seem to have some integrity. But it also seems that any time that this panel does show integrity, the FDA administration just overrules them. So I wouldn't be surprised if this one gets overruled as well. It's going to. Yeah, it probably will. But, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot. In fact, we were talking about it the past couple of weeks about natural immunity versus uh, vaccination immunity. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, we've said, uh, and this is just from our, our layman's knowledge and understanding of uh, basic biology, that natural immunity is far superior to, uh, uh, to uh, vaccinated immunity uh, because it actually deals with the virus in its entirety. It, it's a full fight against it. It's not just kind of a tease and say, hey, look for this next time you see it. Um, so... This is now studies like we have to have studies on this studies have been done for, you know, generations on this. But studies are now showing that, yeah, it looks like in the case of covid that natural immunity is better. So uh, Dr. Uh, Fauci was asked about this on the news. And here's the response he gave. I think it's very telling. I'll, I'll just let you listen to it and, uh, you know, make up your own decision there. And just real quickly, um there was a study that came out of Israel about natural immunity, and basically the headline was that natural immunity provides a lot of protection, even better than the vaccines alone. Um, how, what, are, what are people to make of that? So, so as we talk about vaccine mandates, there are, I get calls all the time. People say, I've already had COVID, I'm protected, and now the study says maybe even more protected than the vaccine alone. Should they also get the vaccine? How do you make the case to them? You know, that's a really good point, Sanjay. I don't have a really firm answer for you on that. That's something that we're going to have to discuss regarding the durability of the response. The one thing the paper from Israel didn't tell you is whether or not as high as the protection is with natural infection, what's the durability compared to the durability mm. of a vaccine? So, Okay, here's what I want to point out here. This is the guy that's pushing for booster shots because the vaccine does not have high durability. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. No, hold on real quick. That is already been identified. It's not really up for discussion right. because they are already trying to get the booster shot for that exact reason. Right. And, and <laughs> here's the other thing. The FDA panel that said, yeah, let's not do this for everyone, says the reason that they voted it down is because there's not enough data to show that the booster even helps increase the durability. <laughs> so you've got you've got Fauci now um, trying to he knows he can't full on deny that the vaccine is, is better than natural immunity. He just he can't deny that. You know, he has to acknowledge that. So he has to go with durability. But the hole in his argument is he's also saying that the vaccines are not durable and we need booster shots. And the FDA panel is saying, well, there's no evidence that the booster shots are durable or improve the durability. I, I, I mean, it's like, why don't you just say that? Yeah, if you've had if you've had covid, uh, then you're probably in good shape. You're probably in better shape than the vaccine and the booster. But he won't say that because I'm telling you folks, and I've said this for fucking uh, two years now, 
This is about money and power. It's funny, whenever you read, I read about, um, I'm going to say five articles about the FDA panel uh, rejecting the booster shots. Yeah. And in every single one of them, shortly after that, a few paragraphs down, was they talked about how much Pfizer and Moderna's stocks dipped yeah. <laughs> based on the news. Mm-hmm. So if that doesn't tell you there what this is really about, uh, then I, I don't think anything will. Like it should have been a very short answer from 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 Fauci, which right. would have been history shows us right. that natural immunity is better than any vaccine that you could ever take. Yes. And the reason, and what he should be also be saying is, and again, I'm not a, a, a medical doctor or anything like that, but I'm just have some common sense and can understand from history. The reason that we're not having herd immunity right now, the reason it doesn't exist is because the vaccines aren't stopping you from getting it. That's why we don't have herd immunity. Right. Because the va- you're still a spreader. You can still get it with the vaccine. Well, here's the thing. If you have the vaccine and then you get COVID, The symptoms are less. The symptoms are less. And after that point, you do have uh, a much better, uh, you know, uh, immunity to the virus. Yeah. There's still a case to be made to get the vaccine, by the way. I'm not saying that there isn't. Right. We're not saying that the vaccine is a bad thing. We're not saying, well, there can be adverse effects, but uh, you have to weigh it against the the possibility of having. They seem they don't seem they don't seem really high. Uh, Yeah, it's a fair amount, but it's It's higher. It's higher than what they're reporting, but it's not anything crazy. Yes. It's nothing to be like totally freaked out about. I mean, it's a fraction of a percentage. Yeah. You know, a chance that you're going to have an adverse reaction. So it's it's basically a pretty low chance of having a, a severe case of covid or a severe adverse reaction from the vaccine. They're not too far apart for most people, for older people and immune compromise. It's much higher risk of COVID than it is the vaccine. Yeah. So, so we're taking a a middle of the road approach on the vaccines. If you want to get the vaccine, we're taking great. a scientific approach. Exactly, on it. exactly. Yeah, based on the data available to us. Um, but these guys aren't no. the guys that are suppo- that are saying you know follow the science. When you follow the science, you're like, well, yeah, yeah, you know. And you should, get the political answer from Fauci, right? And it shows you they the minister they death. have a different motive than looking out for people. Yeah. Yeah, there's just no question about it. One of the biggest mistakes that Trump made was not firing this guy as soon as he got in office. Oh, I, I don't know if you can even classify that it nearly as uh, Trump's big mistakes. But since you brought up Trump, oh. <laughs> we, we've we got a, uh, a category here that uh, uh, I like to call the semi-coup to stop a rogue button pusher. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bob Woodward uh, put out, a, if you uh, don't know who Bob Woodward is, Woodward and Bernstein uh, actually exposed uh, Watergate. Nixon uh, got him. Deep to throat and all that. Yeah. Um, but they have a new book out that uh, uh, details how uh, generally, uh, generally, uh, General Miley, uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, actually pretty much circumvented um, Trump's control of our nuclear arsenal after uh, he lost the election. Yeah, but before he, before the switch actually happened. Though. Yes, yes. Because you know you have during his lame duck period. Yeah, yeah. And the reason being is that uh, uh, Milley believed that uh, General Milley believed that Trump was so unstable and irrational uh, afterwards that he could actually trigger a war. And he reached out to his Chinese counterparts and said, hey, look, we're not going to we're not going to attack you because apparently China was really concerned about that. I don't know if that's really true or not, but, you know, that's that's from his perspective what he's saying. Yeah. Um, so in reality, and he, he reached out to the very various other uh, Pentagon, um, uh, you know, generals and and other military command uh, in the chain of command, and said, "Hey, don't do anything without talking to me first. And they agreed, you know, that they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, so essentially, he kind of took uh, Trump out of the loop uh, for all intents and purposes. And honestly. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely a huge breach of co- protocol and an area for concern. But by the same token, the way Trump was acting in that time period, it was probably a prudent thing to do. You know? Okay, let me just say it this way. Do you remember the story that I talk about all the time with Alan West? Which one? The one where he was removed from command, but 
he basically believed something so much so that he was removed from command. For yes. Doing it. Yeah. Okay. Right. But at the time, if that's the call you got to make, then that's just the punishment you have to get after that. Right. 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 I'm going to put Millie in the same situation. I would agree. I'm going to say, if you really believe that, then you made the move that you thought was the right move. Yeah. However, with that being said, what you did was still should be still punishable. Right. The phone call to the Chinese alone is tantamount to treason. I don't know about that because part of the scope of his duties is to interact with other uh, military leaders from other nations. To say we're not to say that we're not going to bomb you unless we tell you first. Right. Is giving information to the enemy. Well, it, it, that would perhaps be in a wartime scenario, but I think telling someone who you're at, you know, not at war with that we're not going to bomb you. How how does that how is that, you know, look, if they suspected that, you know, we had someone rogue in office and, uh, you know, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff calls him up and says, hey, no, everything's cool. Don't worry about it. Everything's status quo. You know, I don't see that as if we're going to attack you, I'm going to call you first. Well, yeah, I, you know. that line's the treason line. Yeah, that probably and here's the is. thing. If you believe what you were doing was right, then you but should also want to actually have to deal with the ramifications I, of your actions. I agree. Yeah, I don't think it rises to treason, though. I don't think it. I don't. I do not think that rises to treason. I actually, I think that Trump attacking China without cause would have been a much more yeah, treasonous but at act. At that time, though, yeah. Trump wasn't talking about China at all. Uh, you don't. There well, was no talk of China at the time. Was there internally? There was, no. I mean, here's the I thing. didn't read the book, so I, I don't know all the details. I only know what's been written yeah, about yeah, yeah. the book. But I look, you remember everything going on at the time, and China right. was the last thing on his mind at the time. Right. The first thing on his mind was that the, he he thought that the election was stolen from him. Right. And he didn't think it was the Chinese that stole the election. Right. Yeah. So. I, I, here's the thing. I think if Millie really believed that, then he should be willing. To, he should step down from the from the from from his position yeah. right now and accept whatever punishment that we're going to give him. I, I would agree with that. I, I think that uh, you know he should probably be removed from you know his position at least for that. Yeah, because he definitely, definitely, without question, circumvented the chain of command. But um, he, I, I think he did it for the right reasons. Well, and if he authorized the drone strike that just passed, I think he should also be in jail for the killing of those innocent people. and mm -hmm. should be in jail for murder and just call it a day. Well, uh, they're, they're investigating that now, but that could rise to the level of war crime. Yeah. You know? It should. Nuremberg. So, yeah, I, I don't think... I'm, I'm quite confident that uh, no U.S. forces intentionally targeted a truck full of kids. You know, that wasn't... Nah, it wasn't an intentional target. It was, uh, it was clearly a mistake. Um, but was it gross negligence? You know, that's know. really the I don't question. Know. I, here's the thing. I have zero trust and zero faith in anything that these people do anymore. Oh, I know. And I really, I don't give them the benefit of the doubt anymore because they don't deserve it. Right. Yeah. What they deserve is a 10 by 10 cell for the rest of their remaining days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's a lot of them. It's the current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. It's Millie. It's Biden. It's Harris. It's all of them put them in jail throw away the fucking key throw away the fucking jail right and let these old decrepit people spend the rest of their days before they go to hell <laughs> in a 10 by 10 foot cell right three meals a day that's the best you get yeah i yeah. have no i again it's it's the more days that go on and the more you see from government right now the more you realize how outwardly evil they just are now it, it, and they're not even trying to hide it and they're gaslighting us at every stage possible yeah and when if you see these press conferences with Jin Saki that red-headed person and you see her answers and her dismissiveness towards legitimate questions right to watch it realizes that we are like we have a, a bunch of authoritarian psychopaths that are in charge that will do whatever they have to do in order to maintain control, and they will damage this country as long as they get to run it. Right, right. Kind of like uh, mandating uh, vaccines uh, for people after saying we're not going to mandate vaccines for people. And uh, uh, furthermore, we don't have the authority to do that. Yeah, now the suddenly too, they have the authority to do and that. And the thing is this, is that when you when you hear them talk about it, they don't acknowledge what they said in the past. No. They don't go, well, at that time I said that, but now things have changed and so we have to mandate it now. Right. And again, 
when you say you don't have the authority to do it and then you go ahead and do it, you really you you're acknowledging that you're exceeding your authority. Yes, yeah. you are. And you're doing it for the safety. And again, it's not about the safety. <sighs> right. <laughs> again, right. whether you have gotten the vaccine or whether you haven't gotten the vaccine, you can still get sick. The only difference is the severity of the illness. Right. Now, I don't know if you heard this part either, but now what they're doing is Biden Biden's administration is now stopping a certain amount of the monoclonal antibodies from being shipped to Florida. <laughs> well, because it's all about safety, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about, it's all about safe. safety. It has nothing to do with politics. Like literally the thing that will the thing that will do about as much good as the vaccine will at at lessening the amount of people in the hospitals is the monoclonal antibodies or whatever. And the Biden administration just cut our the amount we get in half. Right. Right. Well, that that the amount we need now has been cut in half because of them. This isn't about the safety. It isn't about the control. The Biden administration and government in general hates you. They don't want you they 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 want you to suffer because you live in a red state. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I blame DeSantis. <laughs> Look, <laughs> if I gotta, he had just towed the line, we wouldn't be having this problem. <laughs> he just sucked you know, up to him. Huh? God, DeSantis, stop listening to the science. Oh my God! They, right. You know what? That's the thing about DeSantis. Well, he doesn't fully either. He's you know he goes out there on a, on a you know crazy limb every now and again too. Yeah, but the crazy limb is much more of it's a, a shorter limb than than Trump's at least. But well, yeah. yeah, but but the other thing is this though: when it comes to that that part of the. Overall, when it comes to the science behind the coronavirus and what the government reactions should be, I will say that I think DeSantis probably does it better than most. Right. Not perfect, but better than most. I give him I'll give him a a a B plus. Right. Um, The beginning still he fucked up on the beginning. I mean, people can say that he didn't, but he totally fucked up on the beginning. But with that being said. The Biden administration is literally taking a life-saving you know thing to 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 um um to to help people that have already gotten it and the reason that they're doing it is is because not enough of you will get the vaccine right (laughs) it's punishment yeah so uh we're gonna take away this vaccine yeah yeah um uh look well the antibodies not the the antibodies yeah um here's the deal um and if you're listening out there i want to give you the the best absolute without question, best way to protect yourself uh, from the harmful effects of COVID. And that is to buy pharmaceutical stocks on the dip. (laughs) (laughs) Follow your leaders right now. Uh, Just like uh, all the members of the Federal Reserve, uh, from Chairman Powell to all the chairmen of the regional banks, uh, you know, you, you have to know what to invest in in times like these and it's very beneficial for them for because they know exactly what the fed is going to be buying and they happen to own all of the things that the fed was buying in their portfolio have you been keeping up with this no oh my god yeah so it this is just this is really breaking out right now but it turns out that uh most of the members of the the chairs of the federal reserve banks including powell chairman of the fed had in their portfolio uh, most of the um, uh, you know investment assets that the Fed was buying to stabilize the economy. <laughs> so like of if of course they did yeah so so like uh, you know uh, Powell for example uh, invested in a whole bunch of corporate bonds that the Fed ended up buying <sighs> and, and driving up the cost. So essentially these guys were making decisions on what to uh, use money that they're creating out of thin air and charging you, the American people, interest on. They were making the decision on what to, quote-unquote, invest that money in, and it just turns out the things that they were investing it in were also things that were in their own uh, personal asset portfolio. And, uh, you know, like, for example, I think Powell made something like an additional $3.5 million uh, because of that. But the story did go on to say uh, that was a a very small portion of his overall investment. So you know, it's it's we shouldn't really consider that too much. <laughs> yeah, the Fed is. I think I think this could be a golden opportunity for an audit of the Fed 
But, you know, given the current political climate and, the, you know, this is just going to be another one of those things that they change the headlines a little bit and it goes away in, in a news cycle or two, you know. But right now, um, it, it's clear that pretty much everyone who runs the Federal Reserve System was engaged in insider trading and using Fed money, your money created out of nothing that you get charged interest on to, to do it with. Yeah. You know, it's unbelievable. But we... Are, -uh. We are. No, no, way. we are. No, that's not even true. We are. I'm, I'm telling you. We didn't even get to. <laughs> I, I know. I know. There's a lot we didn't get to. But if you'd like to hear more, uh, you can join us in the second hour by signing up at patreon.com forward slash unintended baggage. Uh, become a supporter. Get a whole bunch of free swag, including the Anarchist Guild coin, the This Is Not a, ba uh, this is not a Bomb duffel bag, and a free copy of my book, The Cassandra Trigger. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs>